This morning we're going to be looking at thankfulness because the Bible has a whole lot to say about that. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to be uh, considering just in light of Thanksgiving coming up. How many guys enjoy Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, lots to be thankful for. But I want to ask you guys, what's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Now I know you're all going to say cranberry sauce, so let's not even go there because that is the given. But what is your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Family. Joel, you're such a family man. I look up to him. I want to be like Joel. He loves his wife and kids well. What else, guys? The morning newspaper. Are they still big and fat? I haven't gotten a paper in a long time. But I used to deliver papers. and <laughs> Whew, Those are big. Um, what else, guys? Good coffee, cooking for the family, praising the Lord, turkey trot. Who is crazy enough to do, oh, that's my wife. <laughs> oh, boy. I did my one and only turkey trot last year, my one and only. <laughs> what else you guys enjoy about Thanksgiving? The turkey, right? Lots to be thankful for, right? Stuffing's always good. I want to consider the scripture out of Psalm 150, verse 23 with you guys. It says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Now, show of hands, how many of you guys want to glorify the Lord? All right, you can look to your neighbor and say, I want to glorify the Lord. Look at him, I want to glorify the Lord. All right, now you guys now have some accountability, Okay. <laughs> So, Father, we do want to glorify you. We want to do that well. God, you are altogether glorious. We know that. And we are so thankful that you are so other, so beyond us, so much wiser than we are. And your ways are good and they are right. And this morning as we open your word once again, which is really a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, we want to walk in your ways. We want to be a people who do give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for us, and we have so much to be thankful for. So Holy Spirit, would you please come and give us biblical clarity and understanding into what it really means to be thankful. Amen? So thankfulness is a very important quality really for all people. How many of you guys would agree with that? doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. It's just a good thing across the board, but especially for us as believers. Thankfulness is recognized as a good thing, okay, that has happened to you in acknowledging the people who made those good things happen. You see, in the Bible, thankfulness is recognizing who God is and we look at what he has done for us. Now, there's other religions in the world. I think of Islam, okay? Do you guys know that they teach three levels of thankfulness, okay? And in that, one is the heart, okay? One is the tongue, you have to say it, and then doing right things. Hinduism believes, okay? Uh, Master Singh Young explained, he says, as a Buddhist, we should feel fundamentally grateful for everything that happens to us. So, Showing gratefulness towards something has always been taught ever since the earliest of the ages. 
It's just part of mankind. But it's considered an important part when it comes to, say, moral ethics and etiquette. Practicing gratitude provides benefits. For us as believers, there's a lot of spiritual benefits, aren't there? Okay? Not just physically speaking. In relationships, research has shown us that gratitude actually improves interpersonal relationships. Couples who regularly express thankfulness to each other also demonstrate higher levels of trust, loyalty, just overall contentment in life and in those relationships. Regarding stress, any of you guys stressed? Okay, I struggle with stress. Pray for your pastor, pray about that. Okay, studies have showed us that habitually practicing gratitude actually improves stress levels. They will help with your sleep, your energy, your enthusiasm. And this happens because when we express gratitude, our brains release two really important neurotransmitters, dopamine and uh, serotonin, which you guys are familiar, which really help with our happiness, those feelings and well-being. Now, depression and anxiety, you guys know that we're doling out more pills than any other country in the world? Okay, it's just crazy. And those numbers in the last couple of years with everything that's gone on with the pandemic and politically, inflation, it's just skyrocketing like crazy. But regularly practicing gratitude, feelings of depression and anxiety can diminish as levels in their brain chemicals rise, that dopamine and serotonin, ultimately creating an association between gratitude and that well-being. So in other words, our brain is kind of like a forest. You guys know that? Okay, a lot going on there, a lot to explore. The more frequently we tread a path of gratitude, the more deeply those pathways are going to be made and those trails are going to be easier to find and go through, okay? So if we're doing that instead of those paths of hopelessness, despair, and free, we're going to be trekked and weakened over time if we're having that attitude of gratitude and thinking on those things. So to believers, the Bible talks about renewing the mind, doesn't it? Okay? And that's what we're told to do. And what gives us right thinking? It is God's word. That's why we uphold it here at Freedom. That's why we believe what God has to say. We as people can know that, hey, gratitude is a good thing. Being thankful is a good thing. But what does God have to say in regards to being thankful? So let's get, <coughs> consider this morning together Thanksgiving, okay? The <coughs> word toda, okay, uh, in the Hebrew and the Greek is eucharista. So it's the act of offering thanks or being thankful, and that's usually in association with being given to God, okay? Giving him thanks in his character and who he is, his attributes and his deliverance, right? The way he provides. Commonly associated in the scriptures when it comes to meals and to worship. So in the Old Testament, it is closely tied to that verb bless. The most common Hebrew noun is used for thanks, toda, okay? It derives from the verb to praise, yada, okay? Thanksgiving bears the prominent place in the Psalms. So both on an individual and a communal level, we are to give 
thanks to the Lord. In the New Testament, thanksgiving is tied to the concept of grace, charis. So people in the New Testament offer thanksgiving to God in worship through their individual prayers and through meals. So thanksgiving then is not just an accumulation, but it's an appreciation. I want you guys to get that, okay? It's already what you have. Lord, I'm thankful. <laughs> Everything I have, I'm, I'm content. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm blessed by you. And it's ironic, guys, because if it's followed by a day that's massively acquiring. Have you guys heard of this thing called Black Friday? (laughs) Right? Can we just admit we're messed up? Okay, I'm not the only one that thinks it. Uh, Melody Beatty, Psychiatric uh, Medical Care, PMC, their website shared this. She said, gratitude unlocks fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates vision for tomorrow. So thankfulness really is <laughs> processed intellectually. You guys understand that. We need to have right thinking in order to live out gratitude and thankfulness. But the Lord, he wants to go so much better than just head knowledge, doesn't he? Doesn't God deal with the heart? Doesn't he want us to take what's up here (laughs) and make it reach the heart? Absolutely. How many of you guys can change your heart? Raise your hand. Your heart is wicked and it's deceitful above all things. There's only one who can change the heart and who's that? That is God. But I will throw this out here. And if we have time and you don't agree with me, I would love to sit down and search the scriptures with you and consider his word concerning this. But I don't believe God will change a heart unless we have right thinking. When we choose to say yes to what he has declared, his word, yes, I agree with you. I'm changing my mind. My my thinking's been messed up. It has been wrong, but you are right, and I'm aligning my thinking to you, and I'm saying yes to you, Lord. And then he will come and change our heart. That's how it works. And so many people are trying to change their own hearts. But we can't do that. God alone changes the heart. He's the one by his spirit that will transform. And we as New Testament believers, don't we believe in this blessed covenant we've been given? That God will take that heart of stone. He will take it and get rid of it completely and give us a new heart. One that is alive and is a flesh and can be molded and changed. And that's what God is doing. That's what we're doing is we're renewing our mind. We're saying yes to God. Yes. And he changes our heart. So I want to consider thanks feeling with you this morning. A thankful, a thankfulness in our soul. Okay? Because we can give lip service to thankfulness. But is it deep within us? Okay? Okay? 
It's not all thanksgiving that is thanks feeling. You may say thank you, but not feel it, okay? Like telling a small child to just parrot, <laughs> say thank you. <laughs> Make sure to say thank you. Say thanks, right? So <laughs> if you were, you know, <laughs> to start with a small child, that's appropriate. They need to be taught that. But hopefully, guys, we're not spiritually five years old. Would you guys say amen? Okay. <laughs> We've grown a little bit. We're just not parodying just because it's the thing we're supposed to do. Again, guys, Psalm 50, verse 23 has just really wrecked me this last week. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. Man, I'm doing all this good stuff. I'm working hard. We're getting things done. Be glorified, God. Son, be thankful. <laughs> you want to glorify me? Be thankful. So this offering of thanksgiving which glorifies God is not merely external. It is a gratitude that's truly felt in the heart. I am truly thankful. And this is the only kind of sacrifice that pleases him. Is it heartfelt? because God knows our hearts we can give lip service to stuff but he sees the heart the intention there so it's a work of grace in our lives that drips from our minds into our souls so it's not only that we say thank you but when our soul feels thankful you guys tracking all right let's move on to thanksgiving so we're thankful for our provisions, thankful for fill in the blank. We have much, we've been given much, especially as God's kids. So it's acknowledging your thankful heart. Thanksgiving is the expression of our gladness to God who is good to us. He is good. I want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 with you guys. Listen closely. It says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of red vines and fig newtons, trees of pomegranates. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's Landon's translation. The land of olive trees and honey. Verse 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And check out verse 10, guys. And... You shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Wow. God has done all of this. And what do we do with all of this? We shall bless the Lord. We shall thank him. So Moses was teaching here them the basics. <laughs> to thank God for what? All provisions. We take some things for granted, don't you guys? And you're like, oh, we've been so blessed. I mean, when was the last time you guys actually thought, am I even going to have food to eat today? We take a lot for granted, you know? It's cold outside. That happened fast. 
man, Lord, thank you that we actually have a furnace, that we have a home that is warm to truly be, just don't take it for granted. A lot of us, that's all we've ever known, and we do take it for granted. But what a gift, all the provisions, the smallest of things to the big stuff. It's a beautiful starting place, I think, right? Lord, thanks for the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, the mashed potatoes. Thanks for the blessings, the weather being nice, my health, my wealth. All things. That's a good place to start, but we want to go a little deeper, don't we? I want us all to turn together to Luke 17, and this is where we're going to camp out together for the rest of our time this morning. Luke 17, we're going to consider the one leper that returned. Many of you guys are familiar with the Gospels and the Gospel of Luke. When Freedom Fellowship got started, God started it, and we started it in the Gospel of Luke. It took us two years to get through this Gospel. And I will tell you guys, your pastor's itching for this Gospel again. <laughs> it is a good one. But we find here in verse 11 and on in Luke 17, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So this is Jesus. And as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them when he saw that he was healed, he turned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan, not even a Jew, a Gentile. And one of those Gentiles we don't even really like, one of those Samaritans. Then Jesus, verse 17, answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Already physically well, so must there be spiritual wellness, spiritual wholeness. And leprosy, crazy disease, isn't it? You die inch by inch. Ken Geyer, which I enjoy reading his thoughts on the scriptures, he said, there he lives without love, without hope, without simple joys and dignities of life. 
being smiled at or being greeted on the street, buying fresh fruit in the market, taking politics by the public fountain, laughing, getting to go to work, operating a business, haggling over prices with a shopkeeper, getting a wedding invitation, singing hymns in the synagogue, celebrating Passover with family. All these barred to him forever. Can you put yourselves in the leper's shoes for a moment? All ten called out to Jesus in verse 13 for help. You guys see that? Have mercy. Each one of them. Then the leprosy disappears en route. Faith believes in advance what only makes sense in reverse. Do I need to say that again? All right. Faith believes in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Has God ever asked you to step out in faith? Makes no sense, God. Don't know how that's going to happen. Don't know how that's going to work out. But you've called me to not walk by sight, but by faith. And if this is what you're asking, I'm going to do it. And then you step into it, and then you see God do And then you turn back and you look at all that God has been doing. Whoa, you have been faithful. You've been at work. You did what I never thought could happen. That's our God. Considering verse 15 and 16 here, the, the, the story turns on a dime, doesn't it? Who is he? <laughs> We have nine ungrateful men and one unusual man, and he's a Samaritan. First, that he might praise God the Father. You see that in verse 15? That's why he came back. I'm going to come <laughs> to praise the Lord. And then the second, that he might give thanks to, the, to God the Son, Right? So the first part of verse 16, we see that. Praise God the Father. Give thanks to the Son. So the following nine, um, these are just suggested reasons I want to throw out real quick why the nine maybe didn't return. And listen to, you know, we often listen to the excuses our minds might have for not giving thanks to God. We're really good at that. Would you guys agree with me? Or am I the only one? Okay, good. Well, let's say guy number one, he waited to see if the cure was real. He wanted to wait. Is this legit? Am I really healed before I praise God and thank Jesus? How about guy number two? He waited to see if it would last. That's a good excuse, right? Is this real? Is it going to last? How about number three? He said he would see Jesus later. I'll get to him later. Number four decided that he had never had leprosy. I really didn't. Number, guys, before I go on, are we good at making lame excuses? I mean, is this this far off? Okay. Number five said he would have gotten well anyways. How about number six? He gave glory to the priests. 
Number seven said Jesus didn't really do anything. Number eight said any rabbi, any one of them could have done that. Number nine said that he was already improving. The Prince of Preachers, Mr. Charlie Spurgeon, I love this. We often write our blessings in the sand and we engrave our complaints in the marble. You think I can be convicting as a preacher. (laughs) But isn't that our tendency? Last week we talked about what love looks like. Keeps no record of wrongs. And boy, can I pull complaints up just like that. They're right there. But I've been so blessed. So much to be thankful for. Why aren't those right there? You see, the Samaritans' nine friends were declared clean by the priest, but he was declared saved by the Son of God. So while it is wonderful to experience the miracle of physical healing, it is even more wonderful to experience the miracle of eternal life. Amen? Infants do not always appreciate what their parents do for them. Esther made it again. I saw mom feeding baby Esther. I'm like, oh! She got dedicated last week and she made it to church this week. How cool! But babies, infants, they have short memories. She's going to forget. I'm sorry, sister. She's going to forget that she just got fed and she's going to be hungry again in like two minutes. (laughs) That's how they roll. Their concerns is not what you did for me yesterday, but what are you doing for me today? Okay? The past is meaningless and so is the future. (laughs) What about right now? What are you doing for me now? Tell me my kids weren't the only ones like that. That's what little children are like. They live for the present. It's all about right now. So when it comes to thankfulness, would you consider yourself an infant? Maybe a preschooler? Hey, <laughs> got your GED. Or maybe you're working on your doctorate. Where are you at? So the lesson I want us to grasp, because how many of you guys want to be like Jesus? We just sang, I want a closer walk with thee. Christ values gratitude. And if that's our desire, you think we're going to have to do the same? Absolutely. Christ values gratitude and misses it when it's not expressed. Earlier in this gospel, I love in chapter 7, there's an instance of ingratitude. Chapter 7, it's when he said, you gave me no water for my feet. You gave me no kiss. You didn't anoint my head with oil. 
Yet this woman with a past, (laughs) she hasn't stopped doing all three. Wow. Do you think Jesus wants our gratitude? Do you think he's willing to call us out? Do you think maybe that's why we're doing another topical study this morning? I know we've taken a break. But hey, loving well and being hospitable, do you guys think that's pretty important in our walk as Christians? In fulfilling the Great Commission? Yeah. Do you think giving thanks is important? It does. Because Jesus values it. But not only thankful for when he serves us. This may just be a very entry-level manner in our walks, in our politeness. We want to go deeper, don't we? So thanks choosing, even when it's hard, even though, fill in the blank, guys. And how many of us are already filling in that blank? Man, I got a list. You see, it's about choosing to show thankfulness and (laughs) participating in gratitude, okay? Or participating in gratitude. And I think we got to have this right thinking here to be thanks choosing. There's nothing natural about gratitude. Does that come easily? If you disagree, you've never, never had a two-year-old, okay? (laughs) It's not natural. Gratitude from an attitude of gratitude to practice of gratitude. It's not (laughs) about only having a grateful heart, but grateful habits, Some say, well, you know my heart. (laughs) No, I don't express it. It's kind of like the man who says, you want me to say I love you, babe? I told you that on our wedding day 25 years ago. If it changes, I'll let you know. No, you want to hear it, don't you, sisters? Okay? And that's the same thing, bride of Christ. Our God wants to hear it. It never gets old. Psalm 23. How many of you guys are familiar with that psalm? My son Phineas' favorite psalm. Verse 4 says, Even though, (laughs) even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thank him, even though, fill in the blank. David takes up this to like a whole nother level for us, guys. Okay, to a mature level, a deeper level. David says later in Psalm 119, verse 23, jot that down, Psalm 119, 23. Even though, even though, Even though princes are plotting against me, they want to take me down. They want to take my life. Even though these princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate upon your statutes. Whoa. Man, day and night we shall be meditating upon the word of the Lord, shall we not? 
but pastor, you don't know what they just did to me. You don't know what's shaking out of my life and how hard this is. I got a really good excuse not to meditate upon what God has to say right now. But David was like a super Christian. No, he was an adultering murderer. Okay? He was a sinful dude who messed up a whole bunch. But he loved the Lord. He had faith in God and trusted him. All the time perfectly? No. But he had right thinking. (laughs) Even though they're wanting to take me down right now and things aren't going so well, (laughs) I'm going to keep seeking you. I'm going to keep listening to what you have to say. And didn't Jesus pray in Matt, or sorry, John 17, verse 25, O righteous Father, this is that great high priestly prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus. O righteous Father, even though, even though the world does not know you, even though they don't get it, they're clueless. They are far from you. They don't know you. Jesus says, I know you. In these, that would be us, believers, these know that you have sent me. Wow. Even though the world's a little chaotic, isn't it? A little messed up out there. I mean, we're a little messed up and we know God. (laughs) they at least have a good excuse. (laughs) Even though I walk through the valley in deep darkness, even though all hell is breaking loose all around me in every area of my life, even though this relationship has been trashed, even though Sorrows like seed billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well, even though he broke up with me. It is well, even though my heart is completely shattered. It is well, even though I lost my best friend. It is well, even though I'm going through it right now. It is well, even though I'm still single. It is well, even though I can't pay my next bill. It is well, even though I'm now a widow. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. So I may not be thankful to have gone through heartbreak, but I can be grateful for the lessons that I've learned because of it. Amen? Psalm 23, verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Pretty cool, huh? The psalmist now switches real quick in that psalm 
from portraying God as a shepherd to portraying him as a host. And aren't you thankful? Oh, he's the good shepherd. But he is the hostess with the mostess, right? (laughs) We've considered hospitality a couple times in the last few weeks. You guys know in the ancient Near East that required more of providing a meal. A host was always responsible when it came to hosting somebody to also protecting them. Track back with me a little bit all the way back to Genesis 19. Do you guys remember the honor code, what it meant to that man named Lot that he could not turn the strangers over to the men of Sodom? Why? Because that was his responsibility of being the host. So since the psalmist, as a guest, enjoys Yahweh's protection, he can eat safely in the presence of his enemies. You guys see the connection there? Pretty rad, huh? So how about thanking him when you're in the presence of your enemies? Wow. They're all around me. Don't leave me alone. You still can thank the Lord. How about in the presence of your insecurities? How about in the presence of your deficiencies? How about in the presence of your addictions? How about in the presence of your confusions? Picture when God sets the table. You're at one end of that table, and he sits on the other end. So keep your eyes fixed on him, okay? Looking at him, not whatever enemies might be around the table. Eyes on Jesus. So fill in the blank for me. Thankful for the, what? The air I breathe. None of us know how many more breaths we're going to have, do we? Thankful for Jesus. Blessing for the teaching of God's word. Blessing for family. Thankful for, thankful for what, guys? Bad knees. Thankful. This is where we learn to thank God in what we can see, right? Thankful for, this is what I can see. Thankful even though my knees. <laughs> That'd be more appropriate, right? Thankful even though I feel down. Even though I may feel defeated. Even though you can fill in the blank. This is where you learn to trust God with what you can't see. Thankfulness is a passing moment. Gratitude is a state of being. That's a whole other sermon in and of itself. But I want us to grasp this this morning, guys. 
I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We're going to close in worship, and I'm going to pray for us all right now. And I'm going to pray Colossians 2.7, which is up here on the screen, that we should be abounding in thanksgiving. You guys know what abounding means? Overflowing. Over and above. What can you do this Thanksgiving week to be abounding in Thanksgiving? I would say praise the Lord rightly with all of your heart. He's given so much. He has done so much. Thank him. Thank him publicly. We like to show off some stuff in life, don't we? Look what I got. Look what they got for me. Look at that. So thankful. You guys know it's all right to show off Jesus. The world needs to see him. So God, that's our prayer this morning. Simply that you would help us by your grace to abound in thanksgiving. Make us teachable. Help us to discern all the stuff that's going on around us. Help us to think rightly, biblically. Help us to have thanks always on our lips. Because this gift that you've given to us this gift that comes around the reality of the gospel, there is nothing that even comes close. All that you have done for us, Jesus, the greatness of who you are, the great lengths that you went to in order to redeem, to purchase us, oh, we are so grateful, most grateful. And we do say thank you, God. We do praise you for who you are. God, we want to be like that one who returned. We want to be near you. We want to rightly thank you. So teach us, Father. Father.